0: Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ask a Lawyer. I'm here with Steve Hager from Oklahoma Indian Legal Services once again. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. All right. So we have a few more questions for you today from uh, some of our social media buddies and, you know, people that, that have some questions about, um, about Indian law. Well... So the first one, uh, starting off, comes from Erica, and she said, which law enforcement has jurisdiction in Indian housing additions?
1: Ooh, now Erica has a good question because, uh, and and I'm going to give you the answer you're going to hear me say all the time, <laughs> and that is, well, it depends. Uh, the thing about housing additions is that sometimes they're on uh, – on Indian country, you know, they they trust might land. be on trust land, but a lot of times they're on state land, and so then you start running into questions of, well, you know, who really does have jurisdiction over that, you know? Now, uh, and then you have you have other issues too because some of the housing authorities that work, you know, that are that are tribal housing authorities are are actually incorporated as state housing authorities so in that situation there there could be a situation where even though it's tribal housing and even though it's a tribal housing authority that the state the county and the city and even the state might be the people who have actual law enforcement jurisdictions and you might have a situation there where you need to proceed uh, to state court like if you've got a, a situation with a protective order where you need you might have to go to state court in that now Sometimes that might be the situation, but other times you're going to have a, a jurisdiction that's going to be based on, you know, tribal, uh, tribal housing authority, tribal housing. And so then in that situation, it would either have to be tribal law enforcement or the BIA.
0: So I know we see this a lot in Oklahoma because... Everything is so frac, you know, fractured out and all that kind of stuff, and and we have situations like in Anadarko where there's trust land within city limits,
1: mm-hmm. yes.
0: where where there's yep. you know a tribal house, not even a whole housing addition, but just a house that was originally trust land, but is inside Anadarko city limits.
1: We actually uh years and years ago, oh well, Henry Ware, Henry B. Ware, his name is actually Henry A. Ware, but I always called him Henry B. Ware. Yeah,
0: he's my he's my uncle. I
1: know. Well Henry Henry is, you know, a, a He's he's just a minch, you know. He's just a great uh, a great guy and a great man. Uh, he did a case when he was at in Oklahoma Indian Legal Services, where a guy had a house in Anadarko. His dog was uh, out running around, and he bit somebody. <laughs> and we, you know, we were taking it because can you actually? Uh, Can he have to pay a city fine for having a dog running around loose if he's on trust property? And, uh, you know, long story short, I I don't remember what actually happened to it, but I just remember the case and going, yeah, this is, you know, this is great. Uh, The reason why I know that is because I ended up buying a book called Dog Law, you know, and I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, But, uh, you know, a situation like that where you've got a, a dog running around, you know, you've got... Who's, who's going to be in charge of that? You know, uh, who's going to, if you've got somebody, uh, popping off fireworks, uh, at the 4th of July, you know, yeah. if it's on trust land, you know, I, I'd say, Hey, you know, uh, I can do that. Uh, you can't, you can, don't have any jurisdiction. <laughs> call the over BIA, right? Yeah. Call, call the BIA and, uh, see if they want to come out and shoot <laughs> off some fireworks in your backyard. But, but, uh, you know it, it it's one of the interesting things about indian country is that a lot of times we have these situations that come up and we have to sort of think about it and go through the Go through it and say, "Well, you know who's in charge," but and I would throw this in. You know, I, I don't think we've made our obliga- uh, obligatory Supreme Court Murphy decision reference yet in this episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've have to. Uh, you know, the the Murphy decision, uh, if that comes down and if that just says that uh, the Chicka, uh, not the Chickasaws, the Creeks have uh, uh, federal uh, reservation status, uh, then. All these other tribes are going to be looking at something like that too, and you're all going hell to have, breaks loose. Yeah, you're going to have all these situations where, okay, if if uh, this housing authority is on state land, but it's reservation, uh, you know, it, it's within the formal or informal boundaries of the reservation of the tribe, then. Does the tribe have exclusive jurisdiction, or does the status of it being a state housing authority still apply to and it? Then and then all these uh,
0: all these tribes that don't even have law enforcement yet that are just like...
1: Oh, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they'll, have to, they'll have to expand the BIA, probably. The BIA police force by tenfold to cover some of this area. Cause...
1: And I'll, I'll tell you this, from what I've heard... That's one of the conversations that's been going on in, in Washington of exactly how they're going to address this in, in the federal courts, how they're going to address this with federal officers. And if it all everything. goes back
0: to federal land, and yeah, it's going to have to be federally, you know.
1: I mean, we're talking about about 60-some percent of Oklahoma that could suddenly be reservation land. So, you know. But that's that's, that's it for our obligatory uh, <laughs> Murphy reference in this episode. So.
0: <laughs> okay, so this is this is a, follow, a little bit of follow-up question to that. Now, if something happens on Indian land, can there be BIA law enforcement investigators, or must it be an FBI investigation each time? Oh,
1: that's that's a really interesting question. It can be uh, both. Yeah. Um, you can have the FBI come out and investigate it, and it can be BIA, uh, you know, BIA uh, can investigate it. Uh, if the tribe has uh, police officers, they can investigate it. Um, it can be—you uh, there. can have just a whole bunch of people uh, walking around <laughs> out there, and they all have a right to be there. Uh, the interesting thing about jurisdiction in Indian country is that— uh, that each sovereign may have a right to uh, to do things to you, <laughs> so so you could have the BIA investigating, you know, or the FBI investigating. So
0: you, could get in you, could, you can and, get charged in tribal court. Uh, you can get charged in tribal court. Federal court. You can get charged
1: and... <laughs> in federal court. You know, they can do all sorts of things to you. You know, and there's not anything that uh, you can really do about that other than. Um, you know, hire several lawyers at the same time. Or
0: just behave on inland, land, huh?
1: Yeah, or, or you know, I, I guess that, that is one solution to it, is not to do anything that's going to get you investigated by the FBI. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure our current, you know, government allows you not to be investigated by the uh, FBI. It's kind of a prerequisite uh, you know, yeah, at it, this point. Uh, certainly. Uh, well, you know, I, I won't say anything about Secretary Acosta, <laughs> but, uh, you know, <laughs> good Lord. It, yeah, it's I'll it's say.
0: interesting how some people get charged with certain things and some people don't. Yeah, know.
1: well, that's, uh, boy, that's just, uh, that's, I mean, I, I'm just afraid there are any number of people who... Uh, uh, probably want to live as long as they possibly can because they're not going to like what happens to them in the afterlife uh, oh yeah
0: yeah you know that's that's uh, the, that's just, the truth just man. saying
1: that about our our current uh, government <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know i just read a story about a um a police officer in florida that was planting meth on everybody like and they they noticed a pattern and finally overturned all these cases that he had just just blatantly just planted meth on people that didn't have meth in their system, never had any charges. Like, just ruining people's well, lives.
1: Well, it's so easy to do that. And, you know, the thing about it is that if you're a police officer and you do something like that, the initial response isn't, uh, oh, what were you doing? The initial response is, boy, you really found yeah. this guy. And, yeah, there you, you know, go. You,
0: Pat on the back. Yeah, that's,
1: that's a good job. And after like about—
0: The proverbial helmet sticker.
1: Yeah. After 20 or 30 times, you go, hmm. Hmm. How do you keep on finding all this meth? Yeah, how come he's doing that? Look at all this meth looks. Look <laughs> at
0: all this meth looks like it came from the same batch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and uh and you know, yeah, then you get into the whole issue of how much meth was this police officer carrying around at any given point in time. Oh, and, yeah, they found know, a lot
0: a lot of meth and um and marijuana in his trunk.
1: Oh, I bet they so did. So he had a bunch I, of little, little I baggies. bet they did.
0: They actually caught him one time when he actually uh, had his body camera on because usually he didn't have it on. But they actually caught him dropping the meth into the car and then putting his glove on and then miraculously <laughs> finding it. So,
1: Lord, well, uh, you know, most of my experience with with police officers has been that they're they're just guys trying to you know trying to do their job and they're they're not really looking for it. But you know, you can you can be in a world of hurt if you've got somebody uh, who's a policeman that wants to uh, wants to be in charge
0: yeah uh, a sociopath yeah that's what i mean that's it's like that's kind of what they seek out now kind of off the topic from the questions from our uh our social media folks but how do you feel about legislation to have these body cams on at all times what i mean what what is the uh what is the downside to having your body cam on at all times if you're a police officer
1: there's there i don't think there is a downside i i think you know um if um if you've got a body cam on, or if you've got a body cam you know on your on your shoulder or on your vest, it should be on anytime you're dealing with the public. Uh, one of the things that I think everybody should be shocked by are you know the rise of cell phones and how people have started you know recording the interactions they have with police officers. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that a lot of those interactions are not really very good. You know, that's with me. I mean, that's got to be the definition of white privilege. You know, I'm a middle aged white guy. A cop pulls me over. He's going to say, "Well, sir, you were going extremely fast." And you know what? Uh, what's the rush? You know, he's not. He's not going to come up to me with his gun pulled, and yeah. he's not going to, uh, you know, check my car for drugs. You know, I, yeah. I keep those in the trunk. And <laughs> uh, you know, no, I don't. I'm just kidding. Um, well, you know, I'm a I'm
0: a six two. 225 pound big Indian dude you know like I've had cops guns pulled on me so many times sure. you know like you know. I mean it's it's almost natural like that's just what's what's gonna happen and you the, know so. the
1: thing about it is that if there's a body camera on that cop can't say well I don't know what he's talking about you know yeah. And by the same token, if somebody's saying, Well, that cop just, you know, he just punched me in the face for no reason or something and there's a body cam on, the police officer can say, I didn't I didn't do that, you know. Yeah. I wanted to, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So I, I see it as a win win. I I just think that uh if you have nothing it to lose, be, I mean, well, it, it should just be uh, it should be a requirement for officers that they have the body cam on and working. And what's more, um, you know, I, I think if the body cam goes off, you should pretty much take everything they say after they've turned the camera off with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think that should be a, a an actual basis in testimony.
0: Video don't lie. Yeah. All right, so this this is the last question from Erica. She she actually had a question that was pretty interesting. I never thought about this, I guess because I haven't run into the problem, but I could see where this could be a problem. Now, she said, can there be a policy change on the uh, IHS level allowing extended family to get treatment for a minor? Because we have so many broken-up families that, oh, you know, kids stay question. with their aunties and, yes. you know, their grandmas and whoever. And if if they're not necessarily that parent's guardian, but, you know, they take care of them while mama and daddy goes and binges or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, that is a, that is a great question. And, you know, the um, I, I don't think there's a... Uh, an easy solution to that. Now, I'll, I'll kind of lay it out in a couple of different ways. Uh, one is that, you know, medical records are confidential. You know, there oh, are laws, yeah, that say you can't, you can't have uh, access to medical records. You've got to be really careful with those. That's why you've got to sign all those little pieces of paper when you go in. And so they're, you know, you're not going to be able to just have anybody go in and start signing stuff for people. Uh, it's, it's going to have to be within, the, uh, within the, the person with jurisdiction, and that doesn't have to necessarily be, uh, you know, guardians or parents. There's something that you could do in Oklahoma called a parental power of authority, And it's just a little tiny form that a parent signs and says, I give, uh, you know, authority over my child to this person. And then everybody signs it and it's notarized. And that would give them the ability to access medical records and do things like that. So Uh, that would be simple. So that
0: would be something that would have to be done personally, not at the... At the IHS, right? Or whatever. You
1: couldn't. You would have to have that ready to go. So, if you're, for instance, if if you know that uh, you know Aunt Peggy's going to be uh, watching your kid for the next three weeks or something, so is there like, like an expiration, that, like a date?
0: Is there a well, date? a you could. A window you know, on there.
1: You can uh, you can erase it at any time, or you can delete it at any time. It says subject to the parents' wishes. It's it's totally giving the parents jurisdiction to uh, someone else. Okay. So they could, they could just go do it. And so what's that called? One up. more time. It's called the parental. It's called a, um, a parental power of authority, parental power of authority. of authority. And, uh, and that would be something that in that situation you could use. But beyond that, um, we couldn't have it. it the system just isn't designed to set up a whole bunch of people who are, you know, coming in and saying, oh, I, I need to get this kid's dental work done or something like that.
0: Kind of like how you have at the schools where you just kind of have, you know, this. these are the people that are listed that yes, are able to pick my are, child those up. Those
1: are the people who can actually go in and, and pick up your child and, you know, Lord help the school if they give their kid to somebody else, <laughs> Yeah, you know, which we've, we've seen that happen, yeah. you know. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, that is a great question though that's because we do have though we have and especially in in Indian country, we have people you know who may be uh, watching the kids for you know extended uh, extended periods. periods of time. and it's not it's not because necessarily that the parents are are bad parents. It's not that you need a guardianship or something you know seriously, some sort of serious legal. Uh, means for it but you you end up with a whole bunch of uh of people who have kids in their in their possession i guess you could say (laughs) that uh that don't really have any legal rights to it Uh, and you know a parental power of authority kind of addresses that situation and it's kind of designed for that
0: yeah because that's i mean it, it would be kind of a scary situation if you were you know if something were to happen uh say a kid stops breathing or, oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. breaks an arm or something, and you're sitting there trying to find somebody and, you know, their parent or whoever's out of state, and you're trying to figure out what, you know, what to do. So that, that would be good to know, to know that, to get that parental power of uh, of authority signed. Yeah. And so, uh, and and it's good to know that that is Able to be deleted at any time.
1: Well, and that's it's it's just designed really for short terms. Now you can have it for up to a year. I mean, you can actually, mm. uh, it it can go for up to a year. But I think it was really kind of designed for you know just just sort of briefer vacation, uh, vacations, or, something yeah. like that, where the parents you know maybe uh, maybe somebody's working out of state and they don't want to uh, take their kids and make them go do something you know yeah uh, so. You uh, you give the uh, you give the grandparent uh, parental power of authority so they can just take care of of things that they need to take care of. All
0: right. Yeah. So that that is a that is some good information. All sure. right. So our next question comes from Simona, and she says, "How can the law be changed for when non-Indians do uh, anything short of killing someone on Indian land that the BIA would have jurisdiction to?" to prosecute the non-native because um, she's talking about a story where a non-native had assaulted somebody Mm -hmm. or something on Indian land and the BIA couldn't do anything about it. Is there, who would have jurisdiction in a situation like that?
1: Well, In that situation, you'd have the uh, county sheriff or the the city uh, police uh, where, wherever that occurred, somebody's got jurisdiction of it. Now, whether they're willing to exercise that jurisdiction, that might be a different issue. But if you have a non-native and uh, he's coming into Indian country and, and causing a problem, uh, there's still, there are still uh, things that can be done to him. Uh, the BIA might not be able to, but the, the county can. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of places have memorandums of understanding. You know, we call them MOUs. Yeah. And MOUs may refer to, you know, they, they may be, well, you know, uh, if, a, if a person is in Indian country and he's causing problems, the BIA police, they're going to, or the, the uh, tribal officer is going to arrest him and he's going to go to jail. For, you know, he's going to go to state jail. Um, you know, we had a we had a situation up in up in my court where we had a guy. He had he owed child support. He owed a lot of child support. So whenever he had, uh, and, you know, technically he wasn't really supposed to be driving either, but I didn't even get into that with him, (laughs) Uh, you know, but he's, he's driving around and uh, an officer sees him. And the next thing you know, they're in a high speed pursuit. You know, there's, there's tribal officers involved. There's city officers, you know, uh, up in the little town in Kansas. They're involved. There's county sheriffs involved. You know, <laughs> the highway patrol's involved. They're putting stop sticks on the road. He's driving through ditches and stuff. And, you know, he finally, uh, he finally gets picked up. They, they actually, we have to issue a warrant and go, uh, the officers have to go find him at his mom's house, hiding in the basement. So he goes to jail for <laughs> child support, which is a stupid thing to go to jail for. You know, pay your money to your kids. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't don't be trying to keep it for yourself. But he he goes to jail, and so I'm. Uh, I've got him in court, and I'm yelling at him. And I tell him, you know, I say, whose car was that you were driving so, uh, you know, so recklessly? It was his sister's. And I said, well, did your sister want you to drive her car like that? No. <laughs> of course not. He could have been killed. You know, those officers, one of them shot, a, uh, fired their weapon. You know, uh, he was thinking, yeah, if I just drive at really high, excessive uh, rates of speed, the the police won't bother me. But they will, you know. And he he was lucky that he was in court where I could yell at him, yeah, because <laughs> he could easily, you know, I, you know, he hits a a turtle out on the road, you know, his car flips over. Uh, I guarantee you he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but but things like that. You know, there's always somebody who can be responsible for that. If there's a problem in Indian country, somebody is responsible, no matter who it is. Uh, They don't get to, uh, you know, uh, non-Indians don't get to come into Indian country and do whatever they want to. Uh, So that, uh, it's just a matter really maybe of of talking to the sheriff or talking to the uh, local police, whoever they are, getting somebody to come out and take care of that situation.
0: And that's a whole nother. That's a different issue. That's a whole nother box of worms there.
1: have you might have a sheriff who says, oh, I'm not going to do that. Well, that's, you know, that becomes a political issue. Because if you have a sheriff who's going to let people come into part of his jurisdiction and cause problems, hey, you know, you need a new sheriff.
0: So is there, you know, going back to the original question, is there a way to give BIA authority over non-Indians oh, that are yes. on, <laughs> on Indian land?
1: Sorry, I got off on a rant there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, there there is, but the only problem is it would have to go through Congress, and Congress has traditionally... Been really, you know, nervous about giving tribal officers or BIA officers jurisdiction over non-Indians. Now we're seeing that change, and I have I have good thoughts for the future. But why would
0: Why would they be scared about uh, another race having authority over their criminal uh, well, doings? Just,
1: that, that goes all the way back to the. Uh, that goes all the way back to the old days. Are they afraid that, that
0: another race would treat them badly?
1: No, you mean, think <laughs> maybe I. I'm not sure. You know uh, how that works out. Uh, but that's uh, that. Yeah, that's really pretty much it. You know, they don't want to have people uh, doing to them what they've done to so many. Uh, you know, but but the thing about it is that we do have now some changes coming. And uh, those changes come in the Violence Against Women Act, and some of those now say, okay, if you're issuing a protective order, you can now issue protective orders if you if you follow the steps that are required by uh, by the law. You know, uh, you can have protective orders issued against non-Indians out of tribal court, and. If, mm if they get pulled over, you know, if they're, uh, violating the protective order, every court, any court will, uh, will go get them and, and pick them up. Hmm. So, you know, that's a good thing. And I think it's, you know, it's just a matter. I mean, there's a case, uh, they call it the Dalgin case and that comes out of, out of Mississippi Choctaw country. And there you had a, 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 Dollar general store on reservation land and they had this program where they would have children uh you know not children teenagers kind of learn how uh to work in a in a retail market and do stuff like that and you know they'd They'd pay them a little bit, but they wouldn't pay them what they were supposed to pay them, you know, because yeah. they were interning, yeah. which I can't really say anything about that because we <laughs> use interns all the damn time. Uh, but anyway, we will take advantage of those you interns. Yeah, we, we do if you take advantage of those interns, uh, you know, but, uh, and they're good interns too. They're a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> anyway, in Dal-Gen, what ends up happening is that they have a guy who's a kind of a pedophile. Well, not kind of a pedophile. He is a pedophile. And and he's uh, he's abusing a boy there at the uh, at the store, and uh, you know using his position as manager to take advantage. Well, you know besides the criminal charges that are brought against him, the the uh, parents of the boy want to sue Dollar General for not you know taking a look and not making sure that their personnel were were safe. So. They file a lawsuit in the tribal court. And Dollar General goes to court and says, goes to federal court and says, Well, we can't we can't be sued in in tribal court. And the federal judge says, Well, why can't you? And they said, Well, we're, you know, we're not an Indian organization, you know, we're, we're, we're white guys. And, and, uh, you know, the federal court in, uh, in, in Louisiana says, well, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't matter. You signed, you signed a contract, your contract says that in civil issues like this, you have to go to tribal court. And they basically said they didn't want to. And they, proceeded to go all the way up, and the Fifth Circuit heard the case. Uh, The Federal Fifth Circuit heard it, and they said, absolutely, you know, you you have to go to tribal jurisdiction. You can't go anywhere else. You have to, if you're going to be working in tribal country, you've got to go through the tribal court system. Well, that goes to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court, uh, it's just after Justice Scalia has died, and he uh he really made a difference in this case because he was dead and it was a 4-4 tie which means the fifth circuit decision stands
0: uh. so
1: you know but there were there were four supreme court justices who were basically saying that tribal courts couldn't be trusted hearing this decision because there were non-indians involved yeah. and that's something that we have to get passed. That's something that we have to start working with. So in answer to your question, you know, can the BIA have jurisdiction? The court could... Eventually, uh, hopefully. Congress could (laughs) do that tomorrow if they wanted to. They could do that tomorrow. And uh, the question is, will they? And and I don't know.
0: Probably not. You know,
1: but someday. So you know. one
0: one last question real quick from uh Charlie. He says, Is there a way to have all tribal tags recognized by all states?
1: Ooh, well, um here's the thing uh that I would argue, um all tribal tags now now. Does Charlie mean he's going to set up a printing press in the back of his, you know, in, in the, his trunk and, <laughs> and just make new tags for people? You no, know, a, a, a legitimate tribal yeah. tag. Okay. Uh, from a legitimately federal tribal yeah. court, you know, yeah. uh, those tags should be recognized by every jurisdiction. And we've had, you know, we've got case law on that.
0: Um, I think the problem more is being being stopped because they don't recognize what the tag is
1: that uh, that I think that that can happen. You know, I was uh, just, you know, Oklahoma for years has only had a, a rear tag. Yeah. And I got stopped once in California. And I honestly thought I was going to be taken into custody because the cop said, your front tag is missing. And I said, I'm from Oklahoma. I don't have a front tag. And he said, yes, you do. Everybody has a front tag. I said, (laughs) I don't. And he said, he said, well. You know, I think you do, and I said, "Look, I'm a lawyer from Oklahoma," <laughs> and I was driving, and this is this is on me. You know, I, I've never had a whole bunch of money. Uh, me and my wife were driving this old Toyota, kind of a crummy Toyota Corolla, <laughs> and he looked at the car and he looked at me and he said, "You're a lawyer, really?" And I said, "Just try me, buddy. We're gonna go." You know, and so finally he went back, and I guess he probably talked to someone who said, "Well, my God." of Oklahoma doesn't have tags, don't you know that? <laughs> but but that kind of comes down. And I was getting ready to talk to him about the Interstate Commerce Commission and how he couldn't stop, you know, Oklahoma from only issuing one tag, uh, you yeah. know, and all. I was going to go through the whole the whole series with him. So that's the same sort of thing, though, with this, you know, if if you're a, a, if you're getting a tag in Oklahoma from a tribe and you're going to New Mexico or you're going to Texas or to Kansas or Colorado or any place like that they can't say you have an illegal tag just because they don't recognize it you know they have to they have to have something more than that to go on now i, I have had this question come up before and after i gave a great answer about it the guy said well it it had expired 2 years ago and i said well now, now you're changing it on me no that's a problem uh, yeah, right there. you got to you got to have a current tag but if it's a current tag uh, it should be good
0: all right well that's going to do it for this episode of ask a lawyer steve
1: hager thank you again for coming in well as always thanks for having me i, I look forward to our next session
0: yeah and for uh, everybody here at talk job radio i thank y'all for coming out and i'm thomas the third saying peace <laughs>